You've taken the red pill. You're done with the blue pill. So tell me, truth seeker, are you ready for the gold pill? This is Transcending the Matrix Transmissions with Spence and Jenna. What is the Matrix and how can you break free of it? This is Transcending the Matrix Transmissions with myself, Spence, and my beloved Jenna. This is the podcast where we help you with your spiritual awakening to create certainty, clarity, and courage so you can thrive no matter what is going on in the world. In today's episode, we are going into The Matrix. Imagine that, a podcast called Transcending the Matrix Transmissions, and we're going into The Matrix. This is such a hot topic in the spiritual awakening community. We are seeing huge waves of people all across this earth realm awakening into their divinity, getting curious to go beyond the veil, to tap into their full limitless potential and pull back all of the illusions, all of the hidden history. And this really starts with getting a grip on what is the matrix? So I'm going to pass it over to you, Jenna, to tee up this question that people have been asking ever since the famous movie came out in 1999. Hello, everyone. Yes, so let's start with what is the actual definition of a matrix from the English dictionary to kickstart this deep conversation that we are embarking on together today. So in the Miriam dictionary, it quotes it as something within or from which something else originates, develops, or takes for. And another alternative definition is an environment or material in which something develops a surrounding medium or structure. So when it comes to the word, the matrix, we have to note that context here is key because this can mean so many different things. This can mean a sci-fi movie. It can mean a data structure. It can be mathematics and a tool for us to solve equations. It can be human consciousness moving beyond the construct of modern day society where we're looking at more esoteric terms. And we can also be thinking of this as the mind, body, and soul matrix, which is a collection of levels of consciousness as well as energetics. And there's the universal time matrix, which is the Allah freedom teachings as well. So in a sense, everything is a matrix. It's a container of sorts for something else. Yes, I absolutely love those. And one of the things we want to bring to this conversation is this can be esoteric. We're moving into new territory. We're pioneers of human consciousness as we are on this great awakening journey, the great awakening into the age of Aquarius and remembering our connection to the divine. So nothing in here is to be taken as you know, hardcore fact. We want you to listen to the energy behind our words and take what resonates, leave what, leave behind what doesn't. There's going to be a lot of 
different aspects we explore here. In fact, I think this is going to be one of the biggest deep dives that the internet has really seen the podcast world has experienced when it comes to what is the matrix. We are going to go super deep and you're going to have an opportunity to play with these different things that we talk about and see what feels right for you. And just keeping it in your field as you navigate everyday reality, seeing oh, is this the quote-unquote matrix at work? Is this is something that's trying to suppress my consciousness? Is this something that is here for me to learn and expand beyond? We're going to go real deep. And I don't know about you, hon, but this is a conversation that has been talked about between us for a, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting to be bringing this forward to the, to the Soul family. Yeah, I'm so stoked to be launching this podcast. There's so many epic conversations subscribe. that are coming. Yeah, so definitely subscribe. If you're new here, welcome. And just know that we do part two of all these conversations on our private community and social networking app, The Gold Pill Gang. You can learn more about that in the show notes. But for now, Keep diving into the matrix with us. So, Spence, I want to hear from you a couple of potential viewpoints on the matrix. I know that we'll probably go a bit deeper into this later on, but like, (laughs) what are the first things that come to mind for you? So, yeah, this is great. Like, we put together an amazing flow of topics and that we're going to thread throughout here, but we wanted to kickstart with just some of my initial brainstorms when I was sitting down thinking, like, what the heck is the matrix? And One of the big ones that came through for me initially is the matrix is a container, as we talked about in the definition, it's Mm -hmm. a container or a framework for soul evolution and exploration. I truly know the more that I tap into meditation, into different states of being, the more that I talk with the soul family and Instagram and the DMs, the more I'm realizing that we are not just the physical body. Like, yes, there is the body matrix that is made up of these particles of light, atoms that we say are different systems, the endocrine system, all of these different types of things. But I, I have since remembered that that matrix, the body matrix, actually houses it, our, our consciousness. It houses our soul, which is part of a greater matrix, the universal time matrix, which is created by, you know, this higher energetic, this high harmony, great being that some call God, some call source energy, some call the divine, some call the great mystery, some call great spirit. And we essentially, like I say, we as in you, I, these are aspects of this great energy that have fractalized as souls in order to explore and grow on behalf of this greater energy. And we're not going to get too much into timelines and incarnation till a little bit later in the episode, so stick around for that. But you can think of yourself as this fractal of the divine that has chosen or been selected to enter into this matrix, which I we will you we term the Earth matrix, you know, planet Earth, which is a matrix itself, and coming here for that soul growth to have the experience of darkness illness, disease and physicality for some of the lower frequencies, and to know what it's like to be in a physical body as a soul, to experience joy, ecstasy, connection, deep love. So that's, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is this is a part of a greater matrix that we've termed Earth that we tap into or are selected into in order to have a 
at, you know, a journey within the physicality. So if that is not quite clicking for you yet, that's fine. We're going to go deeper. We're exploring a lot of different things here. Now, I wanted to speak into the universal time matrix. And I first really heard about the universal time matrix from exploring ascensionglossary.com. Great resource. Great resource. One of the best resources you can have. I feel that it is one of the few resources out there that's very high level. And I don't pick up on any energetics. My intuition is not telling me that there's um, a lot of false information there. Of course, the 3D matrix, which we're going to talk about, will... You know, it doesn't want you exploring information like Ascension Glossary and stuff like that because it's it's catalyst to elevating your consciousness. However, they talk a lot about, and her name is Lisa Renee, talks a lot about the universal time matrix. And this is essentially, you could think of the overarching collection of elements that we often call dimensions that make up what our our soul can expand. And it's essentially, if you have the singularity or God source, it's what emerges from that. And it's almost infinite, right? Like it's beyond our mind right now to comprehend. But when you hear someone in the, you know, in let's say advanced and, you know, advanced and very air quotation marks, but let's talk about high level frequency conversations of conscious beings at this time on earth, say UTM, that it refers to universal time matrix. And without going super deep, because I know we have workshops in this in our Transcending the Matrix Academy, these different dimensional spaces, usually 1 through 15, are considered this universal time matrix. There may be different matrices within matrices, and we're going to get onto that at some point. But a lot of this conversation is going to focus on the earth matrix where we currently are and the challenges that we navigate within this corner, this projection within the universal time matrix. There's lots of great content we're going to talk about at some point on future episodes around how to navigate the universal time matrix in these different dimensional spaces. But I'm going to say that a lot of that right now is just planting the seed for you. And we can go a lot deeper if you, uh, enroll and join us inside of Transcending the Matrix Academy. Now, I'm going to talk about one more concept before I turn it back over to you, hon. And this is just on the same idea of the soul exploration journey we talked about. And we can go, we can do full episodes on this, but how a soul fractalizes from the whole is something similar to this. And this is a very simplified version. We can, we can talk about this in more depth in time. You have the original God source. Now, this is what people in religion would, would term God. This is what someone who's maybe not in the religious context would call divine source energy, the creator, the great mystery. It is the whole. It is the, the energetic that created everything. From here comes an emerged Mother God and Father God. Now, these are words for the yin and the yang energies. This is what added duality and polarity into the universal time matrix. Because before that, it was all singularity. It was allness. There was no way for the creator at that time to explore itself. So what it did is it, you know, it fractalized into mother, father, God. And from this, there's further fractalizations. And there's a whole sacred geometry pattern to this beyond the talking in this episode. And eventually you get at a level called the monads. 
You may have heard the monad. This is often referred to as our higher self. And then there's then we fractalize more and we come into the soul. And then there's fractals of our soul and it, you know, it keeps going. But at some point here, you with your current consciousness listening to this podcast can be thinking of yourself as the soul, an aspect of the divine, fully connected to everything and playing a game with yourself, thinking that you're actually separate from this divine energy when in fact everything around us is the matrix and is ultimately created by this higher aspect. So I know that's quite a bit of a deep dive and you know we like to kick it off here and we're going to we're going to drill down on this quite a bit further as we go here. But like where do you want to take the conversation after that, hun? Well, I think on the topic of the matrix and because our podcast is called Transcending the Matrix Transmissions, our program Transcending the Matrix Academy, I want to just quickly define what exactly we mean by transcending the matrix, Mm -hmm. because it's an intentional word choice that to me is different than escaping the matrix and... What about breaking out? And breaking out of the matrix. I feel like, because that's the thing, escaping to me is like a fear-led energetic where you're like running away. But to me, transcending or breaking free is this empowering energy of souls stepping into deeper sovereignty and self-empowerment on their evolution. So how I would describe transcending the matrix is us breaking free as like individual souls and collectively from the limitations of the physical world and the control structures that govern our thoughts, our beliefs, our actions in order to access a higher state of consciousness and honestly to live a more fulfilling and authentic life. And that that is what resonates true to me. I feel like it's the energy in which we are creating this podcast is for all of us to break free of these limitations, to step beyond the veil and be in an empowering energy during this transitional time as we move on to both an individual and collective new earth timeline. So I'll pass it back over to you, Spence. Beautiful. Yeah, one of the things that's flowing through me is I remember this time when I it was probably about, I don't know, like seven, eight years ago, correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes time in this universal time matrix is shifting right now. But let's say it's about eight years ago and I am on my spiritual awakening. I'm in the work. I'm starting to see that I can't do the nine to five anymore. And I end up handing in my resume or handing in my letter from my job and I decided to go on a rite of passage and it took me on because I never had a rite of passage growing up as a young man and it's probably about 25, 24 at this point and went on this big adventure and at some point I found myself at the end of the earth, uh, the southern end of Patagonia, the last physical landmass point before you head directly south to the ice wall of Antarctica and I remember being on this island having this sacred pilgrimage and I had watched, you know, I'd watched the Matrix movie when it came out in 1999 and I was sitting with this idea of control and things were off and I'm starting to get glimmers of the galactic and, and tapping into my higher self. And I remember just thinking, like, how do you, how do you thrive within the Matrix? How do you break free or transcend the matrix while you're still in the physical human body? How do you do this while you're in this game simulation and and still be here playing and enjoying it? And I remember just wrapping my brain about it and having ceremony and pilgrimage. And 
I didn't have the amazing answer come through to me in some lightning bolt moment. It really has been this journey of playing with meditation and talking with other people and getting inspired by what is going online. But I remember a lot of that was originally catalyzed by the famous movie that we all went to see in theaters that, you know, recently had the Resurrections movie four come out. And as I became more, I'm going to say illuminated because I'm just remembering like everyone here. I'm not, we're not some kind of guru. We're just your, you know, we're your, we're your friends here, your soul family, just talking about some of these things as we remember. I remember thinking, Wow, there is some, there's some, there's something about the Matrix movie. I don't know what it is, but it seems like it could be true. And that is because as I continued on my journey, I realized that there's so much illusion and metaphors within this movie. And the more that I got into understanding occult programming, the more that I got to understand, um, some of the power structures of the Matrix and some of the beings that may be more nefarious that are running it that this is actually a documentary permission programming piece that was seated in the collective at the turn of the century. So Hun, what was your experience with the Matrix movie? And perhaps let's flow a little bit into some of the the scenes and things that people might actually remember from the documentary. Mm -hmm. So if you have never seen the Matrix, definitely you should watch the movie, especially through the lens of consciousness where you can just see the different potential permission slips. And yeah, like Spencer said, it's essentially a documentary. Um, And today's episode, I think, will also be really great. If you've never watched it, then you can look for some of these things when you watch. But if you have watched it, then this is going to be a really good refresh and might illuminate some stuff that you never really thought of or noticed, or maybe at the time it kind of jumped out to you, but you've since forgotten about it. So quick rundown of the Matrix movie. We've got the main character, Neo. So he is what I would call a spiritual seeker. And he's someone who's like so many of us as awakening souls, that knows something is off, starting to see beyond the veil. And so many of us are starting to explore using more of our discernment, trying to figure out what is, what feels like truth versus what might actually be programming and conditioning that maybe isn't actually our truth. And I could say a whole lot about truth. This is one of the modules I teach on inside the academy program because I think that this is basically the journey of spiritual evolution is learning how to tap deeper into our own sovereign discernment and go on this journey that as awakening souls we're on in order to clarify what is true to us and what's not, which requires, I think, a lot of deprogramming, a lot of deconditioning, a lot of unfucking ourselves, while also opening ourselves up and exploring different hidden truths, potential truths, and being able to take that hodgepodge of information and distill it down within ourselves, within our body, to what feels true to us, while I think simultaneously staying open to what I always say is kind of one of my mottos, the more I know, the less I know. Not taking anything is necessarily absolute and staying nimble and flexible during this time that we can have 
shifts in our own consciousness or more information can become available. And so I'll kick this off with a quote from Morpheus, who is, Morpheus. is kind of the opposite to Neo because Neo's the spiritual seeker. Morpheus is the spiritual teacher. And so he says in the movie, quote, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You've felt it your entire life that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there like a splinter in your mind driving you mad. And this speaks to me on so many levels. And I feel like so many of us who are awakening souls on this planet, because I don't know about you, but for a long time, there was things that just didn't really make sense. It felt not true in my body. It didn't resonate. But oftentimes, until more recent years, I didn't really know anyone in my life who was seeing that or noticing that. And so I often felt like a bit of a black sheep or a bit gaslighted by society. And also I feel like I was searching for answers, but I didn't really know for what. And so in the movie, this energetic is what leads Leo to Neo to endlessly searching, searching for answers. And so this movie implies the concept of desiring to be awake by another character's comment about Neo staying up at night in his search. He doesn't want to go to sleep, yet he doesn't understand what sleeping is. So it's a bit of a paradox because up until now, he has been asleep. And so it starts to show the the shift in definition of what being asleep and being awake really is. And this is one of the big problems, I think, for those of us on this New Earth spiritual evolution journey is a lot of the time we are searching and we know something's off, but how we're addressing it, I don't want to say is is wrong or bad, but I feel for a lot of us, we're ending up more confused. And we'll talk about this in a little bit more, but in the movie, when they take, when he takes the red pill, and this is something that we hear a lot in our culture and awakened community, this concept of taking the red pill is now we can see it like the the veil has been lifted but what i've seen is that isn't really where the journey ends and so many of us have had this red pill and we're starting to see the the truth so to speak but there's still so much more integration beyond that and in the movie neo's effectively stuck until morpheus decides to reach out to him and so at this point he's starting to seek the spiritual teacher, and I would say speaks seeking the spiritual enlightenment, where there's that opening to answers. It's not necessarily that we need a guru, although many have made us believe that that's what we need, but it's kind of about becoming our own guru and opening, you know, and having multiple mentors in our lives, be becoming a student of the earth plane and the earth realm, so mm. to speak. So I would love to pass it back over to you, Spence, to jam out with us a little bit about how the matrix fits into the ego, because I think that there's a lot of parallels in this movie to really establish for us what the ego is and and how it's actually affecting so many of us on our awakening journey. Sure. So the ego, you know, in, in the matrix is kind of that concept of a prison for your mind. You know, like a lot of this me, you know, mythical matrix idea comes back to a cage for your mind. 
Now, I like to think of the ego as kind of the devil on your shoulder. It is the, you know, it is the aspect of the matrix. It's an aspect of you that is trying to trap you into low frequency thinking in order to keep you small. And this to me is very much that idea of coming into the earth realm, into this structure we call the matrix, and having to break free, forgetting that you are this aspect of the divine incarnated, what we call incarnated in human form, and living your life from a place of separation rather than knowing that you actually are the creator of the so-called earth matrix with your consciousness because you are this higher level consciousness. The ego is actually, to me, a gift. And this is why I think the matrix and everything at the highest level is actually, it's a gift. You know, it's a gift for the expansion of your experience on your soul journey. And the ego itself is a gift. It's something that's encoded in every soul that says yes or is tapped into or, you know, whatever, pushed into, jumps off like in the soul movie down into the earth realm. It's a gift for your development and your idea of transcending the matrix in this context of the ego is to ultimately dissolve, silence the ego to where you're in such a high frequency as a soul in a body that you are free of it. And then you're living your life from the heart space. You're living your life knowing that you're an aspect of the divine, you know, a benevolent God or goddess, you could say, in human form, walking around this earth game. And this is why the matrix, from this perspective, tries so hard to keep you small, to keep you locked into fear and scarcity energetics. So ultimately for me, the matrix representing the ego is simply an opportunity within the earth game to look at all of the fear, the scarcity, the trauma, the shit, the baggage that you have and forgive yourself for it, part of the human journey, let it go and integrate that soul experience and then move into what we talk about, the gold pill way. This is living from the place of knowing that you are divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a big part of the movie as well is the defenders of the ego. So one of the main ones in the movie is Agent Smith. And to Morpheus, he says that this is the most dangerous man alive. He's dangerous because he's exposing the falsehoods of the ego. And without those, the perceived reality of the matrix collapses. So the machines, aka those who created the matrix, know this. And so their agents are protectors of the illusion, attempting to maintain the shared social illusion or the sleeping state of conscious awareness. This kind of also makes me think of the Truman Show movie. For anyone who hasn't watched that, highly recommend. But it makes me think of when the veil is starting to be pierced and all of a sudden there's like agents and there's things and they're like desperately trying to keep it in place. And even in our current society, I feel like they can't stop the awakening. And by they, I I mean what I refer to as the parasites. And this will be a whole episode in itself, but we'll call it the powers that be, those who are orchestrating a lot of what's going on in our world. Yeah, the Agent Smiths. And I feel like right now they're desperately clinging to 
whatever they can right now. And so even though the COVID narrative is no longer really holding up on a global scale, now they're desperately clinging to climate change. Like there's always going to be a flavor of the week because with the parasites, they follow a formula and that formula is slowly becoming or pretty rapidly becoming ineffective, but the formula is problem, reaction, solution. And so they're constantly attempting to be a few steps ahead of the collective group of people of humanity by orchestrating different problems, let's say COVID, and then having everybody go into a reactive state and then them saying, here, let's spoon feed you, the solutions will save you. And this is applicable with supply chain. This is applicable with what's going on in the medical system, the economy, right? So I feel like there, there's always this parallel with the Matrix movie that there are these quote-unquote protectors of the illusion. And so the spiritual teacher in the Matrix, Morpheus, he understands the power of truth and discernment. And so part of the movie is him warning the main character, Neo, because he's approaching that possible point of no return. He tells him that this is his last chance. And then even as Neo is reaching for that red pill, aka the truth, because the blue pill is the illusion, the blue pill is the 3D, the blue pill is when you stay asleep. And to be clear, you can't, you can drop back into this energetic, but like once you've taken the red pill, even if you try to put your head in the sand, like you've still been red pilled, (laughs) essentially. Yeah, it doesn't really work as much as many of us have tried and wish that we could just unsee, like you can't. So this happens throughout the movie and he understands that what is about to happen is fundamentally life-changing. He understands how important it is to impress this fact, this fact upon his student, Neo, because he knows that there's really no way to make them understand outside of experiencing that freedom. And one of the big things that the Matrix does is emphasize the importance of not just experiencing truth, but to really experience it on its full spectrum. Like, it's not just thinking about it in your head or the idea of it, but, like, that full embodiment experience of it as well. So in the movie, we have this initial spiritual awakening. So after a whole sequence of events, Neo wakes up in the real world. And so in his case, he's coming out of delusion to a pretty unhappy, not ideal reality. And while most people don't awaken to just sitting in their blissed out state um, or in a post-apocalyptic nightmare, there's a lot of people who wake awaken and they actually find themselves in a great deal of misery. And, And I would say, Spence, and let me know if you agree, a lot of our clients that we work with have had that red pill. They've been on their spiritual awakening and they thought that by knowing more of the truth of the rabbit holes of society or following their purpose, you know, and like quitting their job or focusing on a conscious relationship that they would just feel really good and they would feel content. But I feel like that isn't actually what we're hearing from a lot of our communities. There's actually a lot of sadness. There's a lot of unhappiness. There's a lot of feeling lost. Like there's a lot of frustration. So like, yeah, what have you been seeing? Really? Like, Really? This is, you know, there's a lot of that. Really? This is how we're doing things? This is how we want to live? So I think it's just important to bring context back to the documentary Mm -hmm. with this idea of, okay, so he finally, you know, finally takes the red pill and then he wakes up and he's 
in this, sh like he's on this ship with Morpheus and the crew, and they're moving through this dystopian world, hiding from these crazy AI, yeah, like AI machines, mm -hmm. sentient being machines that have built this reality, and they're using humans as a bat, as a battery, as an energy source. Like that's pretty freaking intense, right? And this is this is that metaphor, that allusion to the initial spiritual awakening, where. Yeah, you, you come out of it on your all of a sudden snapped into another reality and people start looking and being like, how are we cutting down all the trees? How are we poisoning all of our waters? How are we allowing our governments to take away our rights? How are we, you know, how are men and women and beings raping children in underground? Like all of these, all of these things, right? Like it gets, it can get super intense. And this is why. Mm -hmm. We're so passionate about the work we do in our program, Transcending the Matrix Academy, because it's easy to get stuck in the red pill. Mm -hmm. And some people, and we see this a lot, actually become more unhappy and more trapped and more lost when they take the red pill than they were when they're in their blue pilled kind of mundane sleepy lives because you have this next level of consciousness initiation, but you don't actually know how to integrate some of the darker aspects you don't know how to move yourself into these higher timelines while you're in this matrix construct and this is what we're going to help you work through in the academy as well as we're going to dive deeper into this by uh, this podcast as we continue this flow yeah one thing i'll add to that as well is that there is a lot of shadow integration that happens in all of our spiritual awakenings. And I think this is also why so many of us actually don't feel that happy or we feel like we've had a lot of death and rebirth and dark nights of the soul because it really forces us, if we want to elevate our consciousness, to look at the things that maybe at first we were asleep to not even notice, but now that we're expanding, we have to look at it. You know, some people realize that they never actually wanted to be a mom or be married or be a husband, and now they have a full house of kids. Or people realize that they actually have been really narcissistic and not nice to people in their lives because they've been in their wounding or that they haven't been setting boundaries. Like there's so much that comes up for people and it's unique to each and every one of us. So I really want to remind everyone listening that you can't compare your journey to somebody else's or compare your trauma to other people's trauma. We all experience things differently. And the most important thing is that we come together and we rise together. Right. And before we continue to flow on as we dissect this movie a little bit more, I just want to put in a loving invitation for you to come over and hang in the Gold Pill Gang Network, which is our conscious social networking app where we're having these conversations. And the reason why we really birthed this app in this new social intimate space is for, for exactly what we talked about. Everyone is unique. Everyone needs to be heard and witnessed and supported in different ways. You know, what, what might be an initiation for someone else is a walk in the park. But in another area, maybe let's say in business, one person can be absolutely masterful and natural and someone else might not be. Mm -hmm. We're all unique. And this is why the Gold Pill Gang Network was birthed. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's a free space for us to all come together and source information, foster community and connection. Censorship free, baby. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like there's never been a more needed time 
or a more ready time for people. Because, yeah, full, full disclosure, I know Spence and I have sparked thoughts and community ideas in the past when a lot of our awakening was early on and when COVID and stuff was kicking off. But I feel like people honestly weren't ready for something like the gold pill gang yet at that time. But what I think is really... God, we tried though. Yeah, it's really exciting to me because we're... It's not exciting that there's more censorship or a lot of the darker things going on, but it's exciting to me because I feel a lot of us are coming back home to wanting actual community and connection and to like really do the inner work and be solutions oriented versus using our phones as a way to like numb out and be in the matrix trap. And so I I really do feel that so many of us right now are moving through, and this is a part of the process, but these death and rebirth cycles. One of the lines that I love by Neo in the movie is when he asks Morpheus, am I dead? And Morpheus says, far from it. I feel like it's one of the best lines in the movie and a lot. It's it's something that's quoted, I think, a lot from the Matrix movie. And what follows this is a time for Neo to rebuild into what I would call like his first functional conscious ego. And this is a construct that we know we're making. And so therefore we can really let it go. This is visually being able to go in and out of the matrix. And I think a lot of us are are doing that, right? We're in, we're out, sometimes we're at home and we're totally 5D and just expansive. And then other times we're interacting maybe let's say with our family at a fam at a family dinner where we're kind of really back in the matrix. I know for me and Spencer, when we go into town once a week, it's like I'm entering a different reality in a ref- different timeline it doesn't make it good bad so right is or wrong matrixes within matrixes <laughs> yeah i would say like the earth matrix and yeah so maybe just riff on that yeah i know some people that can feel confusing because you're saying here you know i'm we're here we're in these high vibrational states which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that a little bit later on like what those actually are we're flowing we're doing permaculture we're excited with soul family and then maybe we go to the city and mm-hmm. you know that it's it's dense and we you know we see some stuff that really brings our, our frequency down like are we actually out of the matrix because aren't we still in the earth realm yeah i think this is a really good point because yes i think because there are so many definitions of the matrix and i also think that knowing that we're dealing with different frequency states different consciousness states that there's layers and and matrices, yeah, within matrices. So I would say being on the earth realm, having a human experience as souls, like that is a matrix within itself. Because if we go back to what we said at the beginning of this episode, that the matrix could be defined as basically a container for an experience, then that is the earth realm in itself. But within that, you can kind of think of almost like cubes, like within cubes, if you've ever seen a visual like that, where we're like stacking like Russian dolls within each other. Mm, That's a good (laughs) idea. I love that. So let's say that even just being soul fractals, like fractals of source, God source consciousness. Okay, there we've got a Russian doll. I always come up with the most random metaphors, by the way. She's awesome. And then we've got coaching programs. You do great with that. Then we've got the earth realm where now we've got, okay, let's say another Russian doll. And now within that, let's say we have like our role within our local kind of greater community of, of how are we interacting for Spencer and I, let's say it's us going to town, it's getting groceries. Like we're engaging with the matrix in going into grocery stores, having this experience. And we're having a matrix experience of itself in like our federal 
kind of state of being where we've got a federal government, we've got different rules, we've got different constructs, we've got different identities for people, let's say, as Canadians. Culture. Culture, right? So that is, I would say, a matrix within itself. So yes, I would definitely say in the short version of that, that there are matrixes within matrixes. We've got matrixes within ourself and our own beliefs. We've got matrixes. Yeah, we've got the dynamic, dynamic, dynamics between partners and people in our lives and our relationships that creates a matrix because this is a container for essentially energy to flow. So this this building of like our consciousness and our awareness means that, yeah, of course, there's going to be a lot of death. There's going to be a lot of rebirth. We're literally learning as humans and as souls what is real, what is true, to us. And I feel like that is one of the biggest themes of the Matrix movie is obviously truth. And we've got him as a Neo having these spiritual experiences showing us how important and relevant it is in these Matrixes that we're actually, as humans, having these spiritual soul-evolving experiences. So, Spence, like, what would you say is some of the parallels here of Neo and the Matrix movie when it comes to just the overall spiritual experience, whether it's lessons that you've noticed or themes within this movie that you feel like are relevant. Jeez, I think there's a lot in here. <laughs> Loaded um, question. <laughs> I think there's a lot in here, but I think I'm just going to kind of just deviate a little okay. bit here from the question around like Neo specifically yeah. and just talk about a few like themes metaphors because i like that right like metaphors that Mm -hmm. alluding to something in real life the documentary that that is happening here so i think one of the big things is the matrix can be seen as a metaphor for the illusions and limitations that humans impose upon themselves Because we know that there is many limitations that get imposed upon the the, those within the movie. Mm -hmm. And then they learn to transcend those limitations. Like, let's think about Neo when he's doing, you know, Keanu Reeves is doing all that, those sweet revolutionary at the time CGI flips (laughs) and stopping bullets and stuff like that and starting to see his more potentiality. And this is one of the things I've noticed on my own journey is, as I, you know, as I have more conversations with DMs, as more and more people come into our academy, I'm starting to see that a lot of people are very spiritually awakened and have gifts beyond what was taught. You know, people are having telepathy. People are remembering past lives. People can access the Akashic records, all of these different things, which when you're caught in the matrix construct, we'll like to call the 3D construct, which we'll get into a little bit more, the matrix with the ego raging you're actually believing that you're just the five senses Mm -hmm. but once you're able to move beyond this beyond this matrix energetic those illusions and limitations just like neo and his flips dissolves and it can show up for us as all of these great different types of spiritual gifts another great one and you know arguably a class a classic and something that we've incorporated into our academy and our flow and some of the things that we talk about on our social media is the 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 classic red the red blue pill Mm -hmm. and this is the choice that every human has 
within the matrix at some point where you get to choose to wake up to your next level of truth. And I'm not going to say the ultimate truth because in the red pill, it, 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 you know, the red pill isn't the ultimate truth. It's just the, the truth of where you're at with your consciousness at that moment. But it's a big up level from the sleepiness that you're going through, you know, that many of the masses that are going through, you know, you might hear this termed as the sheeple or something like that and the blue pill. And the thing I want to talk about here in the context of the Earth matrix is the interesting thing is in the universe, the, within the context of the universal time matrix, there are different levels of matrices in terms of free will and the ability to choose. One of the neat things about the Earth matrix and why so many souls have tried to be given or chosen or selected to tap into, incarnate into the Earth matrix is because it's a free will planet. You get to make choice. You can always change the game with how you how you perceive things. This is that classic, I you know, that classic Buddhist um, comment where you know suffering is an uh, or pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional, which alludes to the choice that you have. And this is why we're so passionate about moving from the red to the gold pill. Because if you're just trapped in the red, you can still be in these suffering states. Oh, the world is fucked because there's these dystopian aliens that are trying to create everything. But moving into the gold pill is realizing, wow, this is a free will planet where I can use my heart energy and my intention and my mission and purpose to actually shift what I want to see around me and the limitate the limitations of the the ego matrix is telling you no stay in the blue pill or stay in the lower red pill don't make that choice to step into your free will so what do you think about some other metaphors while we're on this honey or is there something you'd like to dive into based on what I was saying yeah there are so many metaphors here I'll I'll run through what I think are some of the key ones or the most obvious ones in this movie. So we've got the agents. I would say that these are a representation of oppressive government forces and the parasites that we were talking about that basically are here to maintain control of humanity, keep them enslaved, siphon their energy. So the agents representative are representative of trying to protect that and, and act on behalf of them. I would say the overall way that the matrix is altering perceptions and experiences of reality can be a metaphor for basically the brainwashing in our society, the propaganda, the programming that is so deep that happens on so many levels and layers within our society. And the overall theme of awakening and breaking free or aka transcending the matrix, this can be a metaphor for spiritual awakening and growth and the great awakening, the new earth transition that's currently happening on our planet. And I would say there's a lot of elements and themes just in general around complacency and conf being being a conformist. I, I know for Spencer and I, one of the things we've realized on our journey when we've done certain things in the past, like a lot of moving countries and stuff, is realizing that really the only thing when we were thinking of what we would miss or like what was um, factoring in for us to like doubt our decision or weighing the pros and cons, the big thing that really came down to it most of the time was comfort 
and familiarity. You know, if we're weighing the pros and cons, do we head to Nicaragua? Do we stay in Canada? Now, that could be a whole episode in itself in the future for our whole... DM us if you want that. Yeah, our whole whole journey with that. But what I'll, I'll say, though, is that theme runs so deep for so many of us of basically the comfort zone, right? And in, like, the personal development sense... We all are in our own little personal comfort bubble. And if you're like, what is mine? You can literally look at your life right now and that's essentially the match for what you've been comfortable with up until now, whether it's money, relationships. Now, this isn't to limit you because you can change and choose as a sovereign being a different experience and to expand your comfort zone at any time. For me, there was a time where expanding my comfort zone was like leaving a shitty relationship, quitting my corporate job, focusing more on my health. and to change that was uncomfortable. But what I always say to Spencer is like, I hit a point where I got comfortable being uncomfortable. Now, there can be another side of the pendulum to this on the spectrum where sometimes people then get addicted to like the dopamine hit Mm. of change. So um, there's no right or wrong here is what I'm saying. But it's definitely, I feel like a part of our spiritual evolution journey to expand our comfort zone and to not make decisions and base our reality and future reality simply off of staying comfortable, right? And so this is such a hot topic, I think, right now in our current society because there's so many people who are feeling the ping, they're feeling the soul call, they're feeling those whispers within them to make a change, to evolve. And a lot of us have been embracing it, but there's also a lot of souls right now where they're in resistance to that right now, keeping themselves in the same matrix, the same experience, the same loop. And maybe if you're listening to this, there was a time where you were there and you could feel yourself wanting to expand the comfort zone, but also the appeal and the allure of staying in that comfort zone is pretty sexy for a lot of us on a subconscious level. Anything you want to add to that, Spence? I think just referencing the movie here, there's that character in there, Cypher, right? And he's Mm -hmm. part of the crew on the ship with, you know, obviously Morpheus in command of the ship and their cipher. And there is that scene where he ends up betraying the, the, you know, the people who've taken the red pill with Agent Smith, right? And he's, Agent Smith is given, they're, they're sitting down at a table and he's eating all this like meat and it's like pretty luxe and that, you know, he's getting all these things. And this is very much what you were talking about mm-hmm. of, Giving up your free will and your sovereignty in exchange for comfort, complacency, and conformity. And that is part of the soul experience in the Earth Matrix is you have to make that choice. All the time. All the time to choose to not fall into complacency and conformity, but to stand up for your unique self, your highest expression of your divinity and it's a free will choice and when you're deep in the third dimensional matrix in the blue pill or maybe in the early red pill stages you you can get sucked in mm-hmm. well look at what happened with the pandemic and how many people took you know took the took this you know I, can't, I don't even know if we can say it because it's this is coded and you know we're getting this stuff gets scanned by ai when it's uploaded on podcast platforms for distribution but when you, wacky v. When, when you take the you know you take the wacky v or whatever <laughs> um however you want to say it like that if it's not coming from a place of your sovereign free will choice because you feel that this is something that you want you're actually giving in to the conformity and complacency 
of the 3D matrix. Now, this isn't to say it's right or wrong, because from a soul perspective, there are many who came in incarnated as souls in this lifetime to actually make the choice by not making the choice. You know, it's that famous rush, if you know that famous Canadian rush band, you know, if you have not made a um if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice, mm -hmm. which is very pa powerful allusion to this control structure. If you're sleepy and you're not making a choice as a, as a human being and you're having the choices made for you by the matrix and the systems of the matrix, you're still making a choice. Yeah, and, and there's two other scenes that relate to this that I want to illuminate here. So there's the scene where Morpheus explains to Neo that the matrix is a system of control that, quote, is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. So this can be a direct metaphor and representation of the power structures and the systems that are here to manipulate and to ultimately control human perception. And I think one of the other really important scenes to illuminate here is in the movie when Neo first wakes up in a pod, this can be a huge representation of how humans are born into and conditioned by these structures and systems literally as they enter into the world. And I know we'll do a future episode more around common law and word manipulation and some of these things in the future, but it was so fascinating to me when I was on the really red pill deep dive learning about just how early it starts, literally from the moment souls portal in and are born into the earth plane, there's so much conditioning and programming and manipulation that goes on there. And, you know, everything from the birth certificate to everything. How the mother feels, <laughs> how the, mother feels the energy the is coming off of EMF, placenta, like there's technology. So so much there. And so it's really interesting and I think great in this documentary movie where they allude directly to that. And so I think a really good question for us to move into here is, is what really is reality and how does the Matrix movie and the Matrix concept move into that? Like, what would you say from a human perspective reality really is, Spence? Right. So this is going to move into a big, deep, explanation of the three general now this is a spectrum and we're generalizing it for your ability to kind of get a handle on this but there's three there's three levels of human consciousness that can happen within the earth realm related to the universal time matrix and this ties into dimensions a little bit but we're thinking of this as perceptions of human consciousness there's the third dimension or you'll hear this in the spiritual community as 3d consciousness there's 4d consciousness and there's 5d consciousness you hear a lot about we're moving into the abundant new earth timeline i talk about this on my social media a lot follow me over there if you're not there add a sentence into abundance moving into 5d 5d higher timelines what this means is when you are in the earth realm as a fractal of God, incarnated, walking around, having a good time, living your life, there's three different general, sta general states of consciousness you can be in. You can be in the 3D, the 4D, and the 5D. And we're people on the spiritual awakening journey, the whole point is to leave behind the, the pain and the suffering and move into this higher frequency of 5D. Now, reality can blend and merge with the matrix. And I think they can be synonymous. I think you could define them in different ways. And mm -hmm. so I just want to 
plant the seed here of this is just one perspective for your deep dive exploration into this. There's so if you're in the third dimensional human construct, I like to think that you're in the blue pill. If mm -hmm. you are in the blue pill reality, your reality, the construct of your consciousness within the human body as you move around the world and what informs you is that basically the physical world is all there is and is perceived through the five senses. It's perceived through the five senses. So this is someone who might be sleepy and they're just seeing reality as, okay, there's this earth, I can knock against the wall, I walk on the ground, if I jump in water, I swim around, and, you know, I can taste the salt in the ocean, uh, I can feel it in my eyes, I can, you know, water feels different than walking on the sand, like, this is all 3D consciousness. Now, 4D means that you are now moving into acknowledgement and feeling per or perception of some of the subtle realms, meaning you, you're in the physical world. You're in the physical world, right? Because here's something I just want to just reframe this up. You can have someone in, you can have three people in a room and they're all shaking hands. Someone can be in the third dimensional construct. Someone can be in the fourth dimensional construct and someone can be a fifth dimensional consciousness. Everyone's, everyone at this point is seeing each other. Everyone is sensing each other in their own way. And the third G human might just be kind of sensing through the five senses. And there may be, you know, quite a bit of a aspect of like be feeling lower frequencies, guilt, shame. Maybe they're comparing themselves to the other people or they feel uncomfortable. We will get into that a little bit later on. Then you have the person who's in 40 who's sees everything through the five senses, but is starting to realize that there's the subtle realms of energy, emotions, and they're starting to realize that they're consciousness. Maybe they drop out of this sometimes and they drop back into where they just believe they're the five senses. But there's also times that they may be in meditation and perceive that, oh, there's more, or they're starting to, you they're know, curious. that you're curious, they're available. They're starting to see that there's something more. Then you'd have the person in 5D consciousness who's, Seeing everything as a multidimensional construct that not only encompasses the physical and subtle realms, but also the spiritual realms, also the higher states of consciousness, moving beyond the, the, the limitations of this ego that we talked about. So a 5D human knows that they are an aspect of the divine and that they're here to fully live their soul mission, to be in service to others, to be the divine love. So these three different beings, realities, is totally different based on what level of consciousness they're cultivating. And the spiritual awakening journey is literally going from 3D sleepy blue blue pill into 4D red pill, exploring rabbit holes, starting to meditate, getting into yoga, going on this journey of healing and evolution ultimately to move into fifth dimensional consciousness where you can co-create from this place of knowing that you're this divine being. And I believe that we're moving. I know, I don't believe, I know that we're moving into this more and more in 5D. Now, before I pass it over to you to continue with the reality discussion, honey, I just want to put it out there and we talk about this inside the 
dimensional trainings we have in it transcending the matrix because this is a massive discussion and sometimes it helps with slides and tools and techniques and all these things that you get when you're inside the academy that once you move into quote unquote and I say air condit quotes because this is a spectrum right like we're putting human words on multi-dimensional concepts just so we can understand them and you know baby steps to figure this out but when you're in six dimensional consciousness you have now left the human vessel and moved beyond the earth realm. So if you move into sixth dimensional consciousness, you have left the human body and are continuing in other aspects of the universal time matrix. Yeah. And I feel like to add with three, four and five D, the way I like to think of it is in the third dimensional energy, we're usually unaware and we're existing. You know, it's very much just going through, repeating your day. It's kind of like Groundhog Day. And most of the time, we don't really even have too much of the inkling, like that there's something more, like there isn't that curiosity. So we're just kind of existing, going through the motions. When we're in the 4D, there's a lot more awareness that's happening, but I feel like there isn't necessarily, there can be, it can be happening during this stage, but I feel like it's, there's a usually a lack of embodiment and integration that's happened yet when we're in the 4D because that's where we're literally in the work, so to speak, whether you're attending plant medicine ceremonies and having crazy experiences and integrating it or working with a somatic therapist or listening to podcasts like this. We're in the energy in the 4D when we're embodying it of curiosity, but I don't necessarily feel when we're in the 4D because this is what happens in the 5D where we really do feel centered and we feel like we're really in our heart space and it's not about having all the answers per se in our 5D, but it is really about feeling that that sense of wholeness and being content doesn't mean we're not still curious, but it's like we're content with ourselves, with our energy. We don't have necessarily that feeling of lack that can still be really prevalent when we're in the 4D energy of trying to find those answers because we don't feel whole. And I think a lot of this comes back to the fact that 5D energy really represents unity consciousness. So when we're in the 3D, we're not even necessarily feeling separation consciousness like we are because there's so much war programming and apocalyptic programming and very much like that egoic programming of just care about yourself. But I feel like in the 4D energy, there's still a lot of separation consciousness because the programming is so deep of us versus them. And even if we look at COVID, there's been such separation, right, around the world, like more than we've really seen in recent times. But we're also seeing it in government with red versus blue or left versus right. We're seeing it with our school systems, our economy systems, where there's so much programming that as we move through that 4D energy and frequency and we're getting curious about it all, I feel like there's still a lot of overwhelm. There's still a lot of distilling down the information. And so we in one area might be very much in the three or even 4D, but in another area, really be starting to open up and tap into and be able to hold a 5D energetic. Let's say you've done a lot of work on your relationship to money in abundance. And let's say two years ago, you didn't even know that you had something like a money story or a relationship to money. So you were in the, the blue pill, you were in the three D energy. But when you moved into the fourth, it's like maybe you read a blog article or a podcast 
that had you think about that money is a frequency and that you can change your relationship. So you've been now red-pilled and you've gone on this journey, let's say, of healing your relationship to money. And so the 5D embodiment might be that you have lots of money, but more importantly, I would say, is that you have a different relationship and perception and level of consciousness that you're embodying in your relationship, let's say, to money and abundance. And so even if it hasn't physically materialized, you can still be in a 5D energy in your relationship, let's say, to money. And so I just wanted to expand on that to give you some additional examples of what that can really sound like. So that was a beautiful flow around 3D, 4D, 5D. And rest assured, my beloved truth seeker, that you're going to become more familiar with experimenting, workshopping, playing in this idea of 3, 4, and 5D. The more that you listen to Transcending the Matrix Transmissions and coming over to the gold pill, because it's just such a great way to help help us perceive where we're at. It's a great gauge. It's a great tool to analyze like where are we at in different areas of our life related to our consciousness and where we're going on our spiritual awakening journey. But for now, we're going to put a little bow on that. If you have further questions, it's great. Jen and I are very available. We love hearing from you. So come over to our Instagrams, our TikToks, send us some questions around this stuff. If you would like us to go deeper, because we'll put out more episodes based on what it is that you would like us to go deeper in, or if there's something that maybe you'd like more clarity, maybe you're not quite understanding and you'd like more context, shoot us a message because we're happy to get back to you personally as well as build more podcast episodes. And of course, 3, 4, 5D, there is a whole deep dive workshop inside of Transcending the Matrix Academy. What we want to do here though is switch gears a little bit and talk about a concept within the matrix and a concept within spiritual awakening that's talked about and honestly a concept that is being explored by physicists in universities and this is this is something that has been talked about in many many different circles all over the globe for a long time and this is this idea that we're in some type of simulated computer game which we know the matrix talks about in the movie where they're running they're in a simulation So I think it's just sort of interesting to talk about, okay, if we are in this computer game, we know that someone, something has to create the computer games. There has to be a level of programming. And I think I'd like to just hear from you, your take on like, who are the programmers? Who are the makers of this game within the context of the earth reality. Wow, that that could be a full-on episode in itself, but I would I would say my short medium answer of this is the programmers also depends on our state of reality, our state of consciousness because I feel like when we're in like a 3D energy, the the programmers and the controllers are government basically government or maybe those behind the the scenes like the deep state who are maybe operating the puppets within the government and so that could be construed as those who are programming our kind of mainstream society and it can be nefarious billionaires and people who have 
not so great agendas for the human population. Like we're talking like Klaus Schwab and stuff, right? So I feel like that could be looked at as the programmers. But as we move into, let's say, more of a 4D approach and perception with this, I feel like the programmers then is where we start to look beyond that veil and ask, well, who's actually operating the deep state? Who's actually operating the WEF? Who's actually operating the governments? The Archon controls the AI. Exactly. And so there's there's definitely more here and also looking at aliens, looking at entities, looking at different potential past even civilizations or alien races that have visited the earth that are potentially programming humanity from like an enslavement and energy siphoning perspective and then when we i think move into more of a 5d energy this is maybe where we're looking more at the philosophy or the construct that maybe this all leads back to God or God source consciousness and that this is more so an experience for soul fractals to come into this earth playground and this is I think where we get into like the source player theories and the four to five d so Spence maybe you could elaborate a little bit on all of this stuff and the source player theory because I know it's something that yeah. you've dived yeah. quite into. Yeah, this brings me back to a scene, and this isn't a show that I watch a lot of because there's a lot of programming in it and stuff, but if you've ever seen the show Rick and Morty, there's this one there's this one scene where they're, they basically walk into an alien arcade. Like, they're in some other d- dimension, they walk into an alien arcade, and there's this game, this machine that says, like, it says the Earth game or something, and one of them hops on, puts on the helmet, and they're instantly zapped into being a baby and it flashes through scenes of a life where he ends up being a carpet salesman who has a heart attack at 60 and then the game ends because he dies and he gets ripped right out and he's back in the arcade and he's all shocked because he believed when he entered into that game as soon as that helmet clicked on and the game turned on that his reality was the earth. He was mm-hmm. that guy, even though he's still in the art, you know, he's still in the arcade with the helmet on with his buddy looking at him, but he's so in it. And this is kind of, I think is a great allusion to this idea of like us actually being the programmers and us coming into this human experience, veiling ourselves mm-hmm. in order to see if we can, make it out of the game. And we're going to actually talk about that quite a bit in part two of this episode. So make sure you're subscribed along because this is, you know, it's a a deep conversation. Now, when it comes into source player theory, this is this idea that basically everything is a hologram and people who come in that are so-called source players, it's essentially that idea of, you know, ready player one which you might have seen that on, I think it's on Netflix or something like that, where you're tapping into the game, you're navigating this all, and then at most things around you are holograms that are there to be these aspects of the matrix that see if they can keep you small. And mm-hmm. every, it's this idea that everything is a testing game, a testing ground for you to move into the next level, right? We know computer games, video games, all about moving to the le- next level. So source player theory could be thought of as, hey, I'm in this video game called Earth. 
this game of life. I have all these tests and challenges, hardship, chemtrails above me. I have to figure out how to navigate the financial system. Things are chaining, all of these things. And how do I navigate this from a place of being a source player, meaning knowing that you're an aspect of the divine source energy having this human experience. So it's a very interesting place. Now, a lot of source player theory also comes up with that people around you don't have souls and that they're just computer hologram simulations, very similar to what they alluded to in Star Trek Voyager and the holodeck where the crew of Voyager would be able to run a program and pretend they're in Paris, France, having wine, and then the the hologram shuts down and it's just a bunch of lights and mirrors and they're back on the ship. But I think the important thing here is to... Just feel into what you think about that and go do a little more research on source player theory and perhaps come over to the Gold Pill Gang Network and share your findings in some of our different, more esoteric channels that we have on here. I will pass this over to you, Jenna, after I leave one little bit. And I know some high-level beings who very much believe in source player theory. And it's important to know that, in a sense, it's also a potential ego construct mm -hmm. to think that this person down the street might not be a source player and actually a hologram. And my personal gnosis for meditation and research, and I talk about this in the Transcending the Matrix Academy Quantum Realm Workshop, is that it's a bit of a misconception and all people that you see who are born in a physical vessel actually have souls. But what we've had, had happen is there's been so much soul fragmentation past you know, what you call like a third, fourth or fifth dimensional soul where it people just have a lot of have a lot less soul energy. They might be at one percent of their capacity because they're deep in the blue pill and they're closed down. They're in the shit. They're just just kind of living life. But they still have an aspect of human soul within them. And they're not actually just holograms for the source player to move around and engage with. Yeah, I, I personally think, and this is just my current truth around this, is that some of the, I would say, most advanced souls on our planet right now are actually potentially people who seem to be completely asleep. I definitely think that there are people who are like very young souls or maybe even holograms that appear to be totally asleep, might never wake up in their lifetime and that's their path or that's their role in this game. And I also think that there's people, maybe friends, family, people in our lives who are in the 3D or maybe even in like a trapped 4D energetic state that agreed or made the sovereign decision to essentially come here in order to support the elevation of human consciousness in the collective during this time. And so they know that their role, and I'm talking about on like a higher self soul level, I'm not necessarily saying that the asleep person knows this, um, but I definitely think that there's potentially a percentage of asleep people who are actually here to be some of our biggest teachers, who are here to help guide us back into loving compassion, who are here to be mirrors for our shadow. And it doesn't personally resonate for me to like blanket statement that these people for sure must not have souls because they haven't awakened to be 
light workers or, or be awakening. I, I think that there could be multiple truths here. And I think that's a really important thing to remember on your spiritual evolution journey is that there's often a lot of paradoxes. There's mm. often a lot of duality and polarity. So we can have both sides of the spectrum and we can also have multiple timelines playing out simultaneously here. And yes, we have a dominant timeline. This is a lot of what we also go into in some of our workshopping in our program. But I'll, I'll say now that there are multiple timeline experiences happening in the quantum realm and that isn't even woo-woo. It's like that's scientifically proven as well and is all over the the world if we just do a little bit of research in it. So I think those are some important things to just keep in consideration when you're doing your own research, when you're exploring or feeling into your truth of what really is our reality in terms of being in this game. Yeah, I want to give you just a little bit of a tool here because a lot of this information is new. There's a lot of things that we're talking about and thrown at. And when it comes to your spiritual awakening journey and, and generally just navigating from 4D into these five, fifth dimensional harmonics, a great practice can be to take one of these concepts, let's like take source player theory and do a bit of research on the internet, do, read some books, and then take yourself into a calm meditative state where you're focusing in on, let's say, source player theory and you're seeing if you can find your own truth within it beyond what Jenna says, but beyond what I say, beyond what you know, whatever the, the corner deep dark Reddit thread says and focus on your heart space. And see if you can energetically let go of the ego constructs that are trying to say, no, source player's theory is crazy, or I'm judging this, or I have an opinion about it, and just let that go. And it can take time and just see what's beyond the ego, what's beyond the opinion. And that is how you can come to your current version of truth very quickly. And people who move into fifth dimensional harmonics are constantly sitting with and exploring what they believe to be the truth and then seeing what reveals beyond that current consciousness construct of truth in that now moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and one other thing that this sparks that I, I feel like is a worthwhile tidbit for us to speak into today is how all of this relates to the theme that we've mentioned a few times, which is ultimately, regardless of who like the nefarious parasites or forces that be are or whatever it is that's creating these matrix concepts and constructs that we're experiencing, this theme of keeping humans enslaved. Like, what do we want to say about that? Yeah, so we're going to talk about this quite a bit in part two. So I think this is a great transition to conclude this episode. And this is very much for me, your perception and your free will. Because there are people who will say Earth is a prison planet that is designed to keep you locked into lower energetics. And then there's people that will say that earth is a playground of soul experience where we get to choose whether we're in these suffering states. Mm -hmm. Remember suffering is optional. It is a free will choice of the free will realm. That is the earth experience in the corn, this corner of the universal time matrix. 
Yeah, and one thing that pops up for me around the enslavement of humanity, if we really ask, well, why? What do they want mm-hmm. with that? Why do they want the siphoning of energy? And this, is, again, it's a topic we can go so much more into and we will. But what I think is relevant for today's conversation is that the energy that humans, like our life force energy that humans literally produce and move with and create here on earth, we're exchanging, like we're literally moving this life force energy. I I feel like to other beings, they might not be able to really generate that for themselves or they don't know how or they can't keep up with their energy needs based on their own energetic state that they're in of like really low frequency and density. And so with humans, the more we turn on our light and the more we expand our consciousness, the more we would say no to having our energy siphoned by literally trading our time, not just for money, but like literally our human potential that could be going into a lot of higher vibrational things. And so I definitely feel like there's this energy here of siphoning that's happening. And like that's one of the biggest reasons of why they, so to speak, want to keep humanity enslaved. And, and one other thing I'll say on that is I believe a lot of these other entities and beings and what have you that we'll call the parasites, I believe that they're trying to, whether this is conscious or not, ascend in their own way and and return to source and their belief system their religion is that they need our energy in order to elevate on their own path and their own journey and one of the big things for me on my own journey has been to and I think this is a 5D principle is to shift more into loving compassion. That doesn't mean it's acceptance or permission. It's actually the opposite. But to have more loving compassion and less separation energy and frustration around this so that we can actually be empowered to stand in our sovereignty to say no and whether this is like an entity that you're experiencing in your home or like on the greater collective scale of the parasites is to remember that we actually have the power to ask them would you like to evolve and the thing I've seen is there's a lot of parasitic energy and entities and things that are siphoning human potential and energy on our planet that have never actually been asked that question and actually really would like to evolve. And this is, to me, a part of us moving into that 5D heart space. Yeah. And one of the interesting things, I remember we were sitting in Nicaragua and we were talking with the deep brother of us, uh, our deep brother of ours, Justin, who was very much, um, you know, one of those beautiful soul brothers you catalyze, you can look him up on Instagram at elite source player, right? Source player. He really, he like, he's in resonance with the source player theory. It was actually the first one that illuminated to me. And we were having this conversation. I remember him talking and saying that these parasites, the Illuminati, the entities, the power, quote unquote, elite, the oppressors, the archons, like the sentient AI, like whatever you want to call them are ultimately aspects of the divine who believe that they are separate from God and therefore that they are the ultimate God. And when you are in separation consciousness at some level, you are going to be siphoning. You're going to need to draw your life force from somewhere else rather than self-sourcing it. It can be a very illuminating thing to take the perspective or just play with this. Like, what if the 
Illuminati, the Masons, the Parasites, the Human Suppressors of Conscience, the Timeline Warriors, the Orions, the Reptilians, the AI that, you know, that have infiltrated the Reptilians, all of these things. Like, what if they were soul fragments, just like you, of the divine, who are here to be your, essentially your brothers and sisters playing these nefarious roles in order to catalyze your greatest remembering into your divinity while in human form? What would change if that was your perspective? I almost kind of think of it like this. If we were to zoom out, out of this Earth Matrix game, how many of the the people that we we demonize and see as the bad guys in this Matrix movie documentary that we're literally living out, would we actually be fist-bumping and saying, hey, thanks so much for playing Justin Trudeau. That really frustrated me and helped me to end up expanding my consciousness and doing this. Or, hey, thanks for being a reptilian. Like, that really helped me to have to step into my sovereignty when I was on my Earth mission. Yeah, to, like, you know, move past this. And so I, I definitely think that there, to me, could be an element of truth to this concept of the fact that we actually all come from the same source. That, to me, is what the source essentially implies. Is It doesn't mean that there's multiple sources. It's like the source, if you go all the way, zoomed out into <laughs> the creator of all. And then we get it. And then it's kind of fun to just play with the human linear mind of, okay, yeah. so you're in the universal time matrix, and you're saying that there's this singularity creator of this, But what if the whole thing and that massive concept is beyond anything we can truly comprehend right now is actually just a fraction of a DNA spiral and something else. And then this is where you get into the universe within universe within universe and like who ultimately created that. And you get yourself to the point where you can't really linearly wrap your mind around it. You just have to be in loving surrender of your journey on what I call the never ending circle spiral of divine consciousness. So hopefully we're not leaving your head spiraling too much with the universe within universe within universe, because I know that there are a lot of little golden nuggets in this first episode of Transcending the Matrix Transmissions. And lucky for you, this conversation is flowing into not just part two, but also part three. So here's what we want you to do from here. Listen and subscribe to listen in for part two of this episode. And Spence, maybe you can give them a little sneak peek Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. what are we going into for the next part of our What is the Matrix podcast. Right. So for the What is the Matrix podcast part two, which you're going to be able to listen to if you just go to our channel that you're whatever platform you're on listening right now, whether it's Spotify, Google, Amazon, whatever, just finish up this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe, the like, the heart, um, get ep- you know, set your notifications so it's going to show up on your phone because I know there's a lot of different distra- distractions and stuff so you don't miss an episode and you get a reminder. And then just scroll down. See, it's going to be either, I guess it would be right underneath it or right above this, how, depending on how we do it. But it'll be right there for you under Transcending the Matrix Transmissions. And we're going to go into religion and the matrix We're going to explore how, quote-unquote, past civilizations, Lemuria, Atlantis, Babylonians, the Mayans, the Sufis, the Hindus, the Buddha, Buddha, all of these different aspects viewed reality 
And we're going to expand more on that reality matrix concept based on like what have other civilizations who've been on Earth thought. We're then going to take this into the galactic space, which, you know, hon, I love to, to, to dabble in that. And, you know, I love star seeds. I love light workers. I love all that beautiful stuff. And we're going to talk about interdimensional species feel and connect and perceive the earth matrix, but also the matrix as well as the universal time matrix, which is going to be interesting because we're, we're evolving into these higher harmonic states that these beings, these benevolent beings perceive the matrix as and maybe we're going to even do a little bit of dive like if you're in the nefarious service to self path as this interdimensional being how do you perceive the matrix so we're going to play with that and then we're going to go deeper into some of the concepts of the matrix and how they show up in our day-to-day society right one of the things that you can always expect and we don't like to say expectations too much but one of the things you can expect and that we're devoted to is yeah we're talking about universes and universes and all of these different concepts but also like what is the tactical practical mm-hmm. okay i'm waking up in the morning i'm in the matrix this is happening how can you free yourself from it mm-hmm. how can you what can you actually learn and apply tool tip technique wise from these concepts and definitions so we're going to go deep into that and it's going to be fun And for part three, what you're going to need to do if you're not yet a member is you're going to want to come over to the Gold Pill Gang. As we've mentioned in this episode, this is our social networking app. It is censorship free and there are so many potent conversations starting to be cultivated on this platform. And this is also where we are hosting all of the part two bonus episodes of Transcending the Matrix Transmissions. So you are getting a part three bonus episode of this topic, What is the Matrix? And I'm excited because, yeah, we're going into the tactical, the practical. We're going to be sharing with you 33 ways to help you transcend the matrix, where we're going to be sharing with you resources, tips, tools, and strategies that are going to help you as a spiritually awakening, evolving individual to keep moving into your 4D and your 5D consciousness so that you can truly break free and transcend the matrix. So I'm excited for you to come over when you do, introduce yourself, and get ready for magic. We trust you've enjoyed your gold pill dose, True Seeker. Let's do it again, shall we? If this episode resonated, come and join us inside of Transcending the Matrix Academy. This is the monthly membership for New Earth visionaries ready to elevate their consciousness and quantum leap into our highest timeline. With dozens of on-demand Ascension workshops, a sacred community and personalized mentorship from us, you'll learn to break free of the collapsing matrix and step into 5D consciousness and beyond. Check the show caption for the link to discover more. And remember, true seeker, we can show you the door but you have to walk through it.